Welcome to Telerotor RC. This is episode 22, titled 700 Heli Comparison. This is Robert Monty, and with me I have Michael Shaggy Parker. What's up, get her done? Rich Sowers. Hey guys, what's up? And Apollo. Oh, there's no DePaulo. He's having a hard time with internet on the flying field. That is also true. He still has that problem going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, My internet's working good. Mine works well. I'm with Monty, so (laughs) his works. Please never say it like that again. (laughs) What? What was so bad about that? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? What the hell did I say? (laughs) Slapping him around and stuff. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, that part, yes, Uh, but I'll be talking. What? No. I'm drawing a blank. I'm just in a weird mood. Apparently, both of you guys are. You could say you could say visiting Monty or wait. What did I say? Like that with you can re- Jeez, you can listen I don't to it later. Know what I said. Um. So since the last episode, what have we done? Who wants to go first? Yeah, Rich. I'll go first. Um. Yeah. Uh. Man. Been flying, did a little bit of, um, went out to work on some autos and, uh, took the N5C and, uh, the autos, you know, we got that, that auto contest coming up, right? And, uh, so I said, I got to get some for extravaganza. Oh, I want to see that. And so I was like, I got to get out and get some practice with this thing. So I had gotten it running, got it up, half a tank of fuel, flying fine. I'm like 15 feet off the corn, come around the corner and quits. I'm like, what the hell? Just got it flat and got it into the, you know, it got into the corn and, uh, didn't tear it up too bad. Uh, mainly just the canopy took a hit, uh, dirt and all the gears and stuff. But, um, yeah, you know what it turned out to be was not a pilot error. It, you know, or anything. It was maintenance error. Oh, the, uh, you're going to go yeah. find your mechanic and fire him. Yeah, I got to fire the mechanic because um, he probably hasn't changed the fuel tube in the tank. Oh, no. Oh. And uh, so he got to half a tank. Clunk. And guess what was missing? <laughs> uh, yeah, the clunk was missing. It, had blown, it probably blew off when I was filling the tank and I didn't notice it. I've had and, that happen with my uh, 600 Nitro before. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, so it's just sit there and yeah, I heard it leaning out. And I was like, oh, shoot. And uh, just there had nowhere to go but ah. into the corn because it was so low, and uh, you know there it went. But not too, not too bad. It'll be, it'll be ready to go here in another week or so for some practice. And then 
Um, was the corn green little, still, or was it brown and? Hard? Oh, it's nasty brown and hard. <sighs> but the, the blades didn't take a hit. I got all the energy out of it. You know, okay. I threw the pitch to it right as it started to hit the corn. All it did was fall. Okay, so basically just fall damage. Because um, yeah, it's just the canopy was a little broken, and like I said, full of dirt. Yeah. You know, they're all the dirt and the cornfield is all soft and stuff, but You're, that was really all it was. Can, so it's just got to be cleaned up. <clears throat> was that a was that a Goldsboro? No, there's no corn there. No, that was in that was in Fayetteville. Okay. It was at our at our regular field. Yeah, you know, where I normally fly, and uh, it was just man, it was flying good too. It was just like came over the corn and made Whack. the turn to come back, and <laughs> you know that that really sucks because I've had that happen where the clunk came out in the in the tank, and it's like you know it runs off. I'm thinking. I still have a half a tank. Yeah. Why did it cut off? No. <laughs> and then, of course, I get it. And, you know, I land it and I get it. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with the engine? And I look at the clunks just plop, you know, just, just, just rattling around in the, in, the, in the tank. I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah, well, this was only the third flight since I had the motor spit an E-clip and oh, eat itself. Oh, man. So, and then I was inverted when that happened and saved that, not even, a you know. Did, nothing, you, nothing, did you reuse an E-clip? I did the first time. Mm. I did not the second time. Which one did he eat, the first or the second one? Uh, it ate the, what do you mean, the first one? The second. It ate the, I rebuilt the motor and reused E-clips. It spit one of those E-clips. Yes. And ate itself. And then when I rebuilt it this time, of course, I used new E-clips. I learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those out there who are new to Nitro, uh, the little clip that holds the... Uh, Holds the pin in that connects the connecting rod to the piston. I thought that's what you were talking about. I was just, I was just about to ask, like, what clip are you talking about? Are you talking about the one? Yeah. Okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been told by many others now, and I, I luckily didn't learn my lesson the hard way, but yeah, I've been told by friends I trust, don't reuse your e-clip. Save yourself uh, your engine. <laughs> yeah. They're like a buck, I think. You yeah. know what I mean? A 50 cents or something. They're yeah. dirt cheap. I actually have an extra E-clip in my in my parts box that goes around with me to fun flies, even though I don't even fly a nitro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've, I've never lost one before. All the engines I've rebuilt and stuff, I've never lost one. Yeah. But there was the first time. And that thing was flying, too. And it was, it was running really well. I just flipped over, and all of a sudden, it was like you could tell something major happened because it was a stop. It wasn't a lean. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was like ping, and it just quit. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And uh, flipped it over and landed it. I'm waiting for the day someone starts off a nitro forced auto story with it was running like absolute garbage, Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to do an auto and it shut off on me. And I was completely surprised by this and slammed it into the ground. <laughs> it's like uh, no <laughs> surprise that it's running like shit that it quit. <laughs> yeah. No, it really was. It, that thing had probably I don't know fifty or sixty flights on it when that happened. Yeah. And we were out, I was working with uh, Pudo, and we were doing some inverted practice. He had been working with me on inverted circuits. Huh. And had flipped it over and was just sitting there in a hover and ping. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. And just flipped it over and landed. But it was, you know, Pudo's looking at me like, I didn't know you could save it like that. Like, Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> um, I didn't know you knew how to fly. <laughs> I didn't know you could flip it over and land it. Like, dude. It's like it's not in pieces. We're good. Yeah, but, I see you yeah, got. Little did I know. I see you got marked down here. Three D printing is any of it heli stuff. Uh, well, yeah, sort of. Um, and I, I told you the last time that I picked up a three D printer and I've been messing with it a little bit. Yeah, and uh, 
lately I've been printing a lot of stuff, a lot of it for Austin dragons and crap. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a few things I printed the, you know, the, uh, battery case for the starter. You guys seen some of the guys do for the, uh, yeah, and starters. Yeah, yeah. I printed one of those messing around. And, um, then this last week I've been playing around with making end caps for the HP 1200 um, FP power supplies. Mm-hmm. It's always bugged me that the ends of those are always open. Yeah. And we always, you know, you see guys wrap tape around them or put shrink wrap on them or, you know, whatever. And there's some available. I found one guy. I might have to look at his name. He, um, on Thingiverse, had a had one that he did. His name's uh, Kevin H6825. Um. He designed one that's pretty slick. It's got a cover that bolts on that comes off with really nice vins and stuff. It's the nicest one I'd see that I liked. And I took it, and I printed it, and it fit really well, but it doesn't fit my orientation of where I have my bullets and everything soldered onto mine. Mm-hmm. So I contacted him. He sent me the original files. So I've got the original files to modify it and play with it now and oh, make it nice work. I think, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So. I'm going to uh, be playing a little bit more with that in the next week or so. Just, um, yeah, just little stuff, you know, yeah. just um, farting around. There's, We made some uh, landing gear spacers for my Protos to be able to mount um, 7.6.6 gear to the Protos because um, mm. I hate that plastic gear on the Protos. And since that's the helicopter, either that or the N5C, I don't know yet that I'm going to use at, heli- or at uh, the contest. I wanted something a little more robust that I could slide. So, well, the seven six six gear is quite robust. It's pretty beefy and yeah. it's pretty heavy, but it's um, we made adapters to fit, but I've already broken one of those, so I've got to. About the only other thing I know that it would uh, you know, you might you you might like or you might absolutely hate is the um, tough gear that miniature aircraft sells for their whiplash. Yeah, I may look at that too, but the seven six gears or seven six gear is really wide. It's really wide and it's really so, durable and it's also really stiff. Yeah. The the tough gear, it's so wide that actually on the whiplash, the uh, you cut them or they cut them for you. Really? Yeah, they take out the middle section because they they do it as four separate legs on the whiplash, oh, wow. and they use some carbon fiber to um, make it one. Um, because it's not just a one bolt through one leg. They got a piece of carbon fiber that that, that holds that bolt, so the sta- uh, spacing stays right and everything. But oh wow, yeah. Um, the great thing about the tough gear is you can sit on that thing and it just flattens out and it doesn't care. Well, I'll have to look into that because yeah. I want to do something different. And but like I said, we made these adapters and they look like they're going to work great. I just gotta gotta get the right thickness and stuff on them so that we can't break them with the bolts and stuff. But yeah, because the, the next um, thing would be to make a. Uh, We'd make an adapter to lean the helicopter over to the right, so when sitting on the pad, you lift straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I think Shaggy said he did that, didn't he? Wait, what do I do? Um. What do I do about what? <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> there he is. I'm, sorry, I'm, not, I'm trying not to interrupt. <laughs> no, you were. You talked, I think, last time about uh, Ooh, putting yes. some spacers on the helicopter, so when you took off, it took off straight instead of leaning yeah, slightly. Yeah, I, uh, I put some... Uh, Oh, you know, you okay? So you know those? Um, I know they're mostly in the lines, uh, you know, online helis. But those, uh, those bolt spacers, but they have like the little nubs there with their where the set screw or the um the socket head screws kind of fit in that aluminum spacer. 
It's mm-hmm. a dress washer. Yeah, yeah. That, I put like yeah. two of those underneath uh, on e- each okay. spot, and that will and that tilted it about what fifteen degrees, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be quite a bit. Those are yeah. fairly thick. Yeah, it's they're two mil. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, four mil offset, yeah. and uh, when you when you have it on the ground, it, it's clearly noticeable, but it it works great. That was a trick that Monty showed mm-hmm. me actually, and it, I like it. it. Actually, makes a difference. It does. Huh. Yeah, because you've got that first little hop off the ground where you've got yep. to correct. Yeah, it stops the correction. It's already doing it. So that at that point, all you have to do is correct for wind, if if needed. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, that was my extent of some 3D printing stuff for helicopters. I've been playing with a lot of other little things with Austin. But. Yeah, I'm a. I know I gotta. I gotta get files or ask someone to print. I want to check out the uh, Diablo um, pushrod uh, hangers, the guides. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to find those and see if I can't get someone to print them or whatever it be. Well, I can print them for you if you want. Yeah, I know uh, Nick, I think, is the one who has the files, and I think he made them. I'm not sure. Huh. But um, So I probably need to reach out to him on that. And then, um, yeah, I got to draw up uh, landing gear shims so I can lean my Diablo over. But <clears throat> it's, uh, I guess I'd like to get it done before October. That would be nice, but before the end of October, before I go to Florida. But I need to finish drawing it up, and someone's going to have to cat it up for whatever uh, 3D printing software they're using. Right. Yeah. Well, let me know if you want some help with that. I'm, I, I can do, yeah. Um, I guess I'll go next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Since you're there. Since I'm here. Yeah, so as of this recording, I'm at 112 flights on my Diablo. Um, I finished school uh, as of Sunday. This quarter is officially over. Passed another class. I think I got six left. Um, uh, Yeah, I've been flying with Ben a lot. Um, Been mostly practicing the 2020 uh, F3C schedule. Uh, Mostly Schedule P, but this last weekend I actually – Flew the aerobatics for Schedule F, and um, I came away with Schedule F has some uh, sexual nature to it, because uh, the second hovering maneuver is called Delayed 8. Oh, gosh, dude. Really? You're going to bring that up in this? And Maneuver 5, um, it has a phallic shape to it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> The whole time I'm talking to Monty at like 1230 at night and he's talking about, yeah, you draw this one ball, then you draw this other ball, and then you go up over the tip. <laughs> it's like, are you freaking serious? All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the one interesting takeaway, uh, Schedule P and Schedule F are both about equally difficult. Um, the current schedule that's in effect until the end of the year of, of F3C schedule F is more difficult than schedule P there's, there's no doubt about it, but, um, next year's 2020 schedule, uh, if there's no changes from it, cause it's proposed right now, they look to be about equally as difficult as one another for the flying maneuvers. So it's kind of interesting and, uh, I don't know. Puzzling, interesting, curious. It's it's a 
it's fun trying to memorize 18 maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this last, uh, this last, this last, uh, so it had been yesterday recording on Monday, the 16th. So yes, yeah, Sunday, the 15th yesterday, uh, the friends of friends, the down in, uh, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia at, uh, Milton field, uh, the Ravana flying club down there, they had a little get together, a little contest. It was nothing official or sanctioned. They had, uh, it's mostly been done by planes in the past, but uh, three of us heli guys showed up for it and, um, I flew this little contest and the first item was climb up for 30 seconds and then do a spot landing. Um, second item was how many loops can you do in a minute? Um, I, I had to make a decision. Cliff went before me. Um, Cliff went before me and he did in place flips and I was like, Hmm, should I do in place flips and, and get a ton or should I do like, an airplane and do airplane loops. And I decided for airplane loops just to go with the spirit of the contest. And, um, then the next one was how many touch and goes can you do? Um, it was interesting. I was like, I was watching the guys and I'm like, ah, I'd walk back and the other guys who were watching, I'm like, ah, I'm just getting my strategy down. <laughs> <laughs> so did they give you a minimum altitude or could you just go out there and bounce up and down? Um, no, you had to fly, uh, you had to fly to, uh, out to the end of the field. Um, ah. and so like the airplane guys, they flew a circuit and did a touch and go one direction. Um, I flew the circuit. So, so then, uh, Cliff flew it, but he kept flying off to his right side and he would fly out, turn around, fly back, touch down. And then what I did was I flew the circuit, except I touched down in both directions. <laughs> um, two for one yeah two for one uh there was that and then there was it wasn't really a contest the next the next one wasn't a contest a, a, a challenge of skill it was rather a, a game of chance um you had to have a partner roll a seven and when you rolled a seven you got to take off and then you your partner had to roll 11 and you could land um, the timer started the moment the, the, the timer started when the timer said he was starting the timing. So <laughs> it was timing really how long it took your partner to roll two numbers or four <laughs> dice, two dice, two dice to make a total number. But and then the last one was a speed run. Um, it was it was interesting. Uh, Cliff managed eighty four miles an hour with his E five. Um, another, another guy who's common down that area, he's actually a grad student at UVA because this field's owned by UVA, the, the college. Uh-huh. Um, he managed 54 miles an hour with a 700 class KDS agile. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. He's got it set up more for 3d than he does speed running. Um, I think it would have gone faster than that, even on a bad day. Uh, um, you know, uh, he kept doing stall turns off each side that slowed him down. He didn't really go all that far out. Um, and oh, that would slow you down too. Yeah. And then to that, he was, he was, I think he was minding his tail. Uh, that model uh, you can see has got a really bad vibe in the tail. Um, uh, he needs to tend to it, but he flies at a lower head speed and does 3d with it. And the tail never really chatters at him as he's doing pyro flips and such and speed running it. It's a little pissed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I managed 91 miles an hour with my Diablo. Um, wow. Uh, I only pulled, I pulled a maximum of 84 amps. I turned the head speed up to 1950, a whopping head speed. Oh. 
But uh, I'm running <laughs> speed up tail gear, so I, I don't really want to overspeed my tail. Uh, I turn the gain down, turn the head speed up, but yeah, there's plenty of pitch and plenty of head speed left. So I, I actually, I was more impressed that I was doing clean runs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I guess the only other thing is, is as I'm starting to see good auto rotations, I'm finally getting used to the model after like 70 flights and doing good auto rotations. It's not about the actual descent. It's, it's actually with a touchdown. <laughs> it's getting yeah. consistent on a nice, on a nice touchdown. Right. Yeah. Getting to learn the model. I was doing autos with my E5 on Saturday for yeah. a bunch of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, it's, yeah. It comes down. <laughs> it comes down. Yeah. Cause it you're running down. as a 550, aren't you? Yeah. I'm running that one as a 550. Yeah. And, uh, no, that's fine. I mean, it's, I bounced it a few times, but most of the time it was pretty gentle. As yeah. long as I was on the run, I was having some depth perception problems for some reason. Mm, depending upon and I, the I, hour. I Yeah. I'd come down and be like, Oh crap! I'm over the over the field. Damn it! Or not over the field, but it was over, remember where the the uh, uh, where the tobacco was? Yeah. Remember that high grass? Yeah, I was coming. I'd be right in that high grass. Okay. Like, crap! Yeah. Stretch it! Stretch it! Stretch it! Stretch it! <laughs> Bounce. Yeah. yeah I did that a few times, but yeah, you know, it's just um, I want to do that auto contest. That five fifty comes down pretty quick. That doesn't give you a chance to. It doesn't, you know, miss it, it, or it, it doesn't, doesn't give you a lot of floating time. It, yeah, it's it's. Are you running on a six S or twelve S? You're running six. a six S. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that one five fifties. Uh, it's interesting. I've flown a couple different five fifties. I've flown the E five as a five fifty. I've flown the logo five fifty. I think it's the five fifty SX, and um, I've flown the Synergy five five six as a five fifty. It really, the interesting part is like the 556 is a 550 does autos a little nicer. It floats a little better, but it still has got disc loading. Uh, it's, it's just right. inherent to the road, to the, to the rotor size. The logo is really light, but now you're fighting a belt. You're fighting the power, right. you're fighting the drag on a belt. So it's not one of those models. So it's like the nitro, a belted and a torque tube. They all equally the same challenge. But they all introduced their challenge slightly differently, right? Like I love love autoing my N five C. Yes, and that's a six hundred six, and I that model just floats if I want it to. It I can pretty close to put it where I want it. You know, what I mean, I just it's my favorite heli to auto. So that's, yeah. um, but it has to be running. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's get a catapult for it. We'll turn it into an auto gyro. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it. <laughs> someone get a helicopter we'll take it up <laughs> and drop it <laughs> gonna have to get those blades started yeah yeah um no that, that was really it past now it's uh i know it's, i'm getting a little bit of a shopping list going i've got some rotor blades i plan to purchase and uh i'm looking to purchase a tail fin uh, as we're planning a, a uh, we're doing an episode plan, and so I, I got another tail fin being purchased, and some other supplies getting getting a hold of. Um, so, did you decide on a set of blades finally? I've decided on a set of blades. Yeah, um, now I just need to get a hold of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you decide on? Uh, the spin blades, seven uh, twenties. Huh. Um, 
you know, the conversation with Nick that we had uh, many episodes ago now, uh, you know, there's something really special about the, how those rotor blades are weighted and, um, they're, they're not heavy blades, but they're not light blades. So with their weight, with their weight, they don't really piss off a motor. So they're really quiet, even though there's nothing really special about the airfoil that you can immediately see. Mm-hmm. A lot of it seems to come down to weighting. Um, the way, the way they are weighted, uh, really seems to be of good benefit. So mm. they're right size, do that disc loading right, they're the right weight. Um, lighter blades, you know, that's one of the things getting used to a belted model is lighter blades don't, uh, they don't really overcome it at the last moment when you're trying to set down on an auto. Uh, heavier blades seem to make it easier. But depending upon where that weight's at and the rotor blade can be really just odd. Or what I've noticed is when the blades are a little... Weighted a little better, I find my model hovers better. Um, uh-huh. Hovers, you know, it it hovers better, and it does autos really nice. But once I go too light, it hovers well, does aerobatics well, but then the autos turn to garbage. Um, right. And that's one of those things is like was being talked about before is find a blade that that helps you in your in your weak areas, areas where you could use, you know, like. Aerobatics for most everyone, even F three C, are you can do them. Um, right. Hovering is a challenge for a helicopter because we're doing a fly bar list. The whole helicopter has to be acted upon for the gyro to do something. In autos, uh, you know, you complicate an auto. You just, you know, it's nice to have a blade that holds its holds its uh, head speed. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Hey, when you get a set of those, could I just give them a shot and try them out and see how they feel? Yeah, you have to be really careful. The moment you start pure flipping, I might break you in the head. <laughs> oh, that's right, because they're seven twenties. Well, yeah, you have to be careful. Um, you can be really gentle with them. I did, I did axial rolls, and uh, I did some, uh, I did some loops and some pullbacks. Uh, I did some loops and some stall turns, but I didn't, I didn't, didn't go crazy. Rapidly try and push it right at the boom. I wasn't doing backwards right. hurricanes with it. Well, yeah. If I smash him, could I blink Scott Graham? No. Aww. No. You know, I, I actually, I, I might, I might actually be paying a friend for a set as they're back ordered at the moment at A Main. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah, and I reached out. I reached out to A Main, and they're they're working to get them. But um, yeah. <laughs> rotor blades. You, we've seen it before. It takes time for some of the rotor blades to get through factory, depending upon what the factory is busy doing. Yep. It's yep. not something that can be made overnight. Mm. Well, well, it's, it's it's kind of a first in, first out. Yeah, yeah. you got to basically you got to put your order in. That way, you're guaranteed to get the next bunch. Yeah, I know. When I talked to some of the guys uh, who did rotor blades, it's you know they they put ten thousand dollar orders in for ten thousand dollars worth of rotor blades. That's that's a lot of your cash. You know, it's, it turns into goes from cash into into uh, inventory, inventory, and then you got to move that inventory. You want your you want your ten ten thousand dollars back? Got to move your inventory. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know how many guys are just like, oh, I got ten k right here. Let me go spend it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so hey, that was what I've done. Let's go shaggy, and then um, 
Rich and I can prod him along really fast. Ah, jeez. Here we go. <laughs> well, let's see. I finally got my Oxy-2 back. Golly. And it looks like shit. Uh, it looks like it's been thrown into a blender. It. No, it doesn't. It looks the same as it came to <laughs> the me. The boom is slightly more bent. You broke a skid. Uh, yeah, okay. You broke a skid by trying to bend it back. <laughs> Man, I, I'm still wondering how the sun did that much <laughs> bendy action to that skid. Surprise too, and you're like, I mean, what? Really? It's bent snap. Whoa, damn! <laughs> the sun did it. Yeah, because he melted yeah. my canopy too. Oh, I, the sun has melted the crap out well, of the canopy. The canopy online. I don't even use because it's it's a cheap, flimsy little thing. Because it's this is the original sport edition, yeah. so it's it is very thin. Um, I tell you, no, I I usually take some um. Just some regular 3M clear packing. I thought you had that on there. Man, and I line the hole inside when it's brand new. And they they quit splitting. I mean, they can take a pounding unless you leave them in the sun and they just shrivel up and melt. Oxy puddle. (laughs) 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 But overall, I did fly it. I got to change Monty's settings because, I mean, they're different than what I'm used to. So, Uh, but it did fly. It still flies. Surprisingly. Um, I'm going to rebuild it though. Cause it, it looks like shit. That heli's been through a freaking war zone. <laughs> I crash mine every time I fly. Between Mike and Rob, it's just been through hell. <laughs> it's so funny how I only have 22 flights in this damn thing, but the helis, the helis live like 200 flights. <laughs> Poor little thing. It's a trooper though. It's named Jamie. <laughs> Go figure. Freaking slut. <laughs> um. <laughs> the slut machine. There's only one real slut. Oh, yeah. You know oh, that, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's only one <clears throat> slut out there, but this is the mini slut. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you and Tyson need to fly together. Oh, geez, tandem. Oh, geez, then, hit, then, then my, the sl- sluts. My, my slut will go through his slut. That's the end of my slut. <laughs> yeah, we'll do some inverted tumbling or something. Oh, I just go through the blades. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was the blender. <laughs> it's gone now. The slut's a 600, isn't it? It's, I think yeah, 600, it's 600, yeah. Uh, yep. 550 or 600? I think 600. Um, then I just been basically just doing, uh, I did practice the proposed 2020 maneuvers. These maneuvers are freaking ridiculous. Now you're flying the advanced, Advanced, right? yes. Because I was actually thinking about going to expert because just to try something new. Uh, but these maneuvers, they, they, you know, they're, it's something new. So why advanced when I, can do the same class with new maneuvers. I'm right. liking these maneuvers, but golly, I got a lot of work to do. Right. Like these, these maneuvers are a lot harder, and I, I like that. It's a challenge. It's kind of like a, it, it's like I, I, it would be like I went up a level, but I'm staying in the same class because uh, once you go up, you can't go back down, or you shouldn't go back down. Right. So but the challenge of the new maneuvers yeah. is like you're up, and yeah. the. Because these maneuvers are are older, you know, F, F3C maneuvers, you just kind of branch down and maybe dumb down a little bit, but they're just 
there's some there's some that are like yes i can really get this dialed in and then there's some that are like this is gonna kill me <laughs> this will be right. the, this is gonna be the maneuver that's gonna kill my score um I like like the one so you got the ux like monty um rob has the, the ux in his class but so when you kind of go in the upline and you do the uh half roll so then you go at a 45 degree line, you do a half roll. Now you're inverted. You wait till the model stalls. He's got to push on elevator. So the nose has got to be, nose is facing 45 degrees up. He's got to f- push the nose um, forward. So it's going to kind of come in at itself and then face down and then complete the UX and then the same thing. Mine, I just have to go 45 roll half inverted, wait until it stalls and then pull the nose down so it's the easier version his he's got to do like a 270 degree rotation i just have to do a um not even 90 actually it's a 75 75 degree rotation right and then complete the u and then go up wait till it stalls until almost kind of like a stall turn instead of doing a stall turn you pull back 75 degrees into the nose facing down inverted wait until it starts getting forward momentum and then you roll halfway through and then complete your maneuver that one is going to take some work, but I can, I, I can, for the most part, get that one dialed in. The one that's going to kill me the most, and this is not including, this is just flying maneuvers. Hover maneuvers, I haven't even tried yet because um, I just I haven't had the flags marked out, so I haven't even had a chance. The uh, vertical eight or vertical or vertical figure eight or vertical eight or something like that. It's a vertical bas- eight. Vertical eight? Okay. Yeah, so you got to basically fly high up straight track roll inverted then you got to push a loop all the way around get back on that same track then you got to pull so now you're inverted down you got to pull on elevator down this is why you got to be up high because i keep on doing it too damn low <laughs> the top the top loop is an outside loop the bottom yep. loop is an inside inside loop, loop. and then yep. you complete that around you're still inverted then you got to roll out of it holy freaking shit <laughs> that's gonna be the death of me it's fun to do and it looks great but I, it, it's a hard maneuver but I, I like that challenge I really yeah. hope that these are put in for the 2020 uh, Nats because this would be fun so I, I, I did practice that with Rob and then I practiced another session at a uh, Windwalkers event. They had their scout day and I was doing a kind of like a small little demonstration with uh, helicopters for these Boy Scouts because they'd never seen anything like that. And I was practicing the maneuvers again. To be honest, and this is, I can't believe I'm saying this. I really wish Monty was out there yelling at me <laughs> because I didn't know what I was, if I, you know, it, it, you know, some maneuvers like that looked about right, but I know Rob would be like, no. Do it again. It's wrong. I don't know. I, I kind of like that criticism just to know if I am doing it right or not. Yeah, I like that stuff too. Well, Rob may seem to be this crazy, wacky son of a bitch, but he knows what he's doing. And he will let you know what you're doing wrong. And that for some, the abuser. For some reason, I like that. Why do I? Why does that sound so wrong? But yeah, that brings me into that to that other thing I was doing. I was uh, attending a um, another club. It basically these these are the guys that I hung out with and flew when I literally was crawling. Like when I first started flying, I hung out with these people. As my dad flew out with these guys, they have their every year they have a uh, scout day. They'll have boy, a Boy Scout troop there. They work on their aviation merit badge. 
uh, the first year I was actually a Boy Scout and went out there. That was when I was like eight years old. Um, no, no, sorry. I was 10. I was 10 at the time because that was, yeah. Uh, and they had their scout day there and I was there participating in that. Now, you know, several years later, actually, you know, geez, it's been over 14 years ago. Uh, finally went out there again for the first time since then. And I went out there with a little, uh, you know, they had some trainer, trainer planes, you know, teaching the scouts how to fly. I brought the little, F, I had the little FT, uh, tiny trainer. Uh, and I had the buddy, but I had a buddy box hooked up already. So I threw, I threw that in the air and started buddy boxing some scouts. Um, awesome. That was fun. I've actually never really like buddy boxed like brand new people that never flown a plane before. That was fun, but Jay, you definitely got to be on your A game for that. You definitely got to be alert and know when to take, <laughs> know when to take control. Because <laughs> so, what kind of reaction were you getting from the kids? Were they liking? Oh, it? they were loving it. Oh, they they and you could see that some of them were nervous and some of them were like, "I want to do it, I want to do it," and they just go out there and grab the radios, like, "Okay, push, pull, push, pull." <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> there was, do you think you got anybody i mean are they gonna get some back or i i don't know but are they at that age uh they you know they're definitely at that age um i think i think the whole part the whole experience for them is this is something completely different it's like a video game but it's the real thing uh so i i think some will i think some will get into it i really do uh that's awesome some of the parents were asking me questions kind of like how did I start and how do you get into this stuff? And I basically just recommended, you know, fl- you know, f- for the plane stuff, you know, flight test, watch their videos, look at the, their basic kits. They're made, you know, they, they make them very easy to, to build very inexpensive. Tour videos are fantastic. Uh, real flight simulators are the best way to start. If you want to get into an inexpensive and, you know, if it's something right. that they may not be, you don't want to like buy, real things and just gets destroyed you know if you want them to try out something and see if they they may take interest into it the simulator is the best way to do it because the great thing about a simulator is if you try to sell it they're pretty much going to sell it for a very you know the value stays high where if you crash a plane there's no value after that (laughs) yeah i know we try to get kids out at our field we get them out on an airplane with you know with a trainer um you know even before they've got their ama they can come out yeah, as long and, as they are on a buddy box, you know, they don't need an AMA. As long AMA. as they're on a buddy box, right? Because the because the uh, the trainer is reliable for that. That is on their AMA, right? So we'll get them out on that and just give them the opportunity to keep coming out if they want to. If the parents will bring them out. We'll put them up. Yeah, um, you know, and then they can get their AM their own AMA. So and it doesn't cost anything for anybody less than eighteen. Yep, yep. That's how I started. Is when I when I uh, when I was to the point where I could fly without a buddy box. You know, my dad filed, you know, filled in my, my information, got an AMA card, which, you know, I was under, I was well under 18. I was seven, I was seven at the time. So, you know, I, I was able to get a free AMA for a long time after. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, then I was able to fly solo. Yeah. I've got Austin's because, you know, I want him at all the events with me. So, uh, or I want to be able to take him with me. Right. So he's, he's got his AMA. Plus he's been flying. So that's awesome. And he's seven. He just turned seven. Oh wow! So he he's got into it younger than I went than I was. Yeah, he started. Well, I think a couple of podcasts or last podcast, I think I was talking about he'd yep. flown for the first time, and uh, you know he's been flying a little quad for a little while, but um, yeah, he's he's set to go with it, and that's it's an easy way to. I think the Boy Scouts would be an awesome way to get kids um, interested. You know, maybe. And, oh yeah, and and even see, their parents because their parents will usually come out with them. Oh yeah, and the thing is, 
that you know the Boy Scouts has an aviation merit badge. So this is the right. best way to get that merit badge is is to actually you know because they brought a full scale Cessna 150 out because this is on a full scale oh. runway. So they brought a, a a real Cessna 150 out and they you know this they do this every year and then they, they that's that's one portion of the merit badge they got to get um is kind of go over all the all the uh the the pre-flight checks and the flight controls and everything uh another set they have is they have like wind tunnels there and they have kind of the, explain the aerodynamics of a wing foil and everything and then they'll talk about how radio control works so they they definitely do a really good job on on explaining everything to these scouts uh, and it's all it fits all the requirements for the merit badge but uh yeah, it, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, there was some um, some cat. You know, there was a fatality with my little tiny trainer. <laughs> I uh, with uh, so with the you know some scouts were like very you know learning on you know like listening when it comes to small corrections. And then there was one scout that literally says, "All right, you're ready." He's like, "I'm ready." I gave him the control, full nose down. I was like, "I want to crash it." I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> That's what Austin does on the sim. I just want to crash. <laughs> yeah, that's what my daughter so, did did when I uh, buddy boxed her years ago. So, so yeah, I, um, that's what I want to do if you buddy box me. Mm, let's go to the store and we'll buy you a foam trainer plane. <laughs> Flight test. No, Monty, no, in the ground. I can't handle it. He's in my head. Oh God, he's really in my head. Just crash. <laughs> Get him out of my head. <laughs> he crash right into me. Crash my head. All planes must die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Stockholm. <laughs> I just want to finish off that uh that was that that was a fun fun little get together. And uh also I think I may have ruined uh Angel's chance of going for Taba. Hmm. That wouldn't be ruining anybody's chance. I think I ruined his only chance of getting Fataba. Well, at least you didn't ruin his life. I'm but not sure how you did that, but okay. Well, I bought his only Fataba receiver. Oh. <laughs> he said, I've got this Fataba receiver I got with the CGY. You want to buy it? It's like, yes. Oh, jeez. And then I realized, like, shit. I'm sure Wes wants to hear about that. Why? No reason whatsoever. Wes probably sold it because he has no need for it, so he just moved it as a whole as a one it unit. Came, it came with a seven fifty. Yeah, yeah. He bought a seven fifty from Wes. Oh, I got Wes's receiver then. Yes, it's a sixty three oh three. Yeah, it's gonna go in the second fireball. That's pretty cool. The fireballs need receivers. Science has come a long ways. What? Way out there. <laughs> yeah. Space uh, joke. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a. Where's that boom that was bent that had Monaco on? I'm gonna beat over your head. I'm gonna hit you with a with a freaking sock full of pennies in a minute. I'll hit you with a pogo logo. It's gonna, gonna be. Po- it's gonna be. Homie, don't play that. I'm gonna po you my logo. I'm going to call Monty's wife and have her come in there and both slap you both around for a minute. She left the house. She's doing soccer games. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that won't work. I guess that wraps up my section. Uh, anybody awake? 
Wake up! <laughs> huh? What? Where am I? <sighs> Screw you, Monty. I hate you so much. <laughs> you know what? Hang on a second. I'll be right back. Jesus. Don't come in this room unless you want to see so unless you want to see a grown man naked. <laughs> oh, and slapping shit around. Yeah, <laughs> 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 this has gone so far off track. And now he's pissed off every dog in my house. <laughs> Shut oh up, Nita. <laughs> Good job. Let's get into the main topic. All right, main topic. So this evening we're doing a 700 class heli comparison. And uh, right up front, you know, the reason we keep saying the word comparison is we do not own all these models and have not flown all of them, all of them. So I can't review them. I'll be more than happy to fly your airframe if you would like me to review it. But um, to be honest, when it comes to a lot of these helicopters, the Flybar's controller is uh, much more influential in initial uh, your your first impression of the model. Flybar's unit is much more influential on your first your first impression of how a model flies than the actual airframe. You have to get pretty pretty deep into it to understand how the airframe is is different uh, than than another in the flying. Um, so we went and got a lot of information about a total of 20 helicopters that we consider to be, uh, main, main in the, in the, in the, you know, they're popular, they're flown. You'll see them at fun flies. They're for sale. You can get them. They have parts, they have support. You'll see team guys, these 20 helicopters. If you go to Urcha, you'll see them. You'll see, um, let me look at the list right now. These are also all, you know, all 20 of these are currently available from your local retailer pretty much. Yeah. They're um, all for, they're not discontinued models. These are brand spanking new to very common helicopters out in, out in the market. Yep. I seen, I have seen all 20 of these helicopters this year. <laughs> I have seen all 20 of these models this year. I have two actually. Yep. I have two. Yeah. Which, um, and I've seen them all crash too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? No, scratch that. There is one I had not seen, and I won't mention it, but either actually, no, there's two. There actually is two I have not seen in, in yeah. person, in person, but I have seen all the other ones, including, including a very expensive German heli. Yeah. So in this list of 20, six of them are nitro, and 14 of them are electric. Um, I know Rich and I discussed adding gassers to this list, but being there's only one gasser airframe and everyone else is a conversion, um, I really didn't want to compare them in this numbers game in this in this in this numbers, especially a turbine version. You know, there's only one that we all know that's not even out yet. Yeah, most of well, actually, a lot of turbines could be compared because they're all conversions right now, except for um, the new one, new mm-hmm. miniature aircraft one. Except for the new miniature right. aircraft. But that one's not out available yet, and these are all available airframes. Yep, these are all available. Um, and then also, you know, you know, when putting this list together, I, I, you know, I just gotta stop and look back at a moment. Twenty helicopters, fourteen of them electric, available. Holy crap, that is a lot to choose from. You can go oh, ahead and blow off your uh, retirement savings. 
Um, if you ask a guy how many helicopters he can name in a 700, I bet you he doesn't hit most of these. Ah, uh, yeah. You know I, mean? I bet you can name 10 of them or so, but I'll bet you they don't realize there's this many. Yeah. Um, and we went for more mainstream models. Uh, missing from this list is the uh, Diablo Nitro and four helicopters that are popular in F3C. The Goblin Yurike, the Quest Impaction. Um, both of those you will see in the United States. These other two, you don't see in the U.S. yet. I don't know if you will. The Pro Drone and the Mirac 750 F3C. Um, you know, Are those both Chinese? Mm, I'm not sure the location of origin on the Pro Drone. The Mirac is uh, Chinese. The Mirac is Chinese. Uh, the interesting thing on the Pro Drone is the mainframe is not bolted together. It is actually glued together. Hmm. Yeah, it's glued together. They found some crazy crazy glue to, to glue all the carbon fiber together into a frame. Um, 4070 Loctite? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I really don't know. Makes it a monocope. Does that make it a monocope type frame then? Or no, no, no. So it's oh, uh, possible, possible. Um, from what I can tell, the pro drone looks to be an older JR design, except instead of being bolted uh-huh. together, it's glued together, and then um, you put it in a fuselage like you see most of the high end F three C models. But hey, this isn't about them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jump back. Yeah, I mean the UK. The UK is manufactured what uh, Thailand, Italy. The Quest Impaction is Japanese. Pro Drone, not sure. The Mirac is Chinese. Um, on our list, uh, on our list of these twenty, uh, most of them, uh, Thailand, Thailand, Germany. Don't have anything on the list from Japan. Um, don't have anything on the list that's manufactured in Japan. A lot of these stuff comes out of out of Thailand. Um, what is being compared? So the numbers. Uh, first up is the kit cost. What's it cost to buy it? Um, this does not include shipping. Uh, so this is the this is the cost you would typically see uh, shown on the website. You know, we we went straight to the manufacturers or to the dealers here in the U.S. to show what the, the price is available. Um, we do, that does not include shipping. Um, this is typically we'd see something base price at, at a hobby shop. Um, so that's, that's a kit cost. The next is the, uh, crash parts cost. So for each one of these models, we got together a, a single list and we went and found these parts for each one of these models and then calculated up a total. Um, one notable item here is some helicopters give two parts for one. So main shafts, booms, feathering spindles, head axles. Um, a lot of, I noticed that in a certain area within this range of models, they they commonly give a two for one. Uh, mathematically, what we did is we uh, cut the price in half. So if it gives you two main shafts at the cost of 18 bucks, uh, we did the math on $9.00. To make it comparable with the other helicopters in the higher end uh, or in the lower end, doesn't really matter where they're at. That only give you one main shaft at that cost. Um, the list of items we're comparing. Uh, the list of items is head axles, main shafts, landing gear, uh, struts and skids, boom, torque tube ends or torque tube with ends and miscellaneous bits. 
uh, if it's not a torque tube, a belt. Uh, a front transmission gear for the torque tube models. As um, many of us know, it's common to break at least one of those gears in the torque tube uh, assembly. The vertical fin boom supports uh, to include the ends as uh, if, it, if it's not sold with ends, we went and found the price on the ends. And one frame side or a quarter frame uh, if, if a helicopter has four frame pieces. Like uh, uh, the Diablo, for example, has two lower and two upper frames. Um, the Nitros is pretty common amongst Nitros, like the Synergy N7. It has two, uh, two frames on the forward area and two frames on the back, on the back side of it. Uh, the engine and the clutch is what brings all of that together along with, no, uh, engine, engine and, uh, main shaft bearing blocks. That's usually what holds that together on that one. So yeah, uh, half or, you know, one, one, one side frame or one quarter frame. Um, you know, talking with friends, I do not include. I <laughs> I fought pretty. I didn't fight. I did not fight hard about it. But uh, bearings are not included. Um, pretty much every model has bearings, and when you're dealing with 700 class models, they actually use pretty common bearing sizes. You know, lots of lots of models in this lineup have 10 millimeter or 12 millimeter, or no, eight or 10 millimeter head axles and 10 or 12 millimeter. Uh, main shafts. Main shaft. Yep. Yeah. Ten nineteen five is the most common main shaft bearing around. Sixty eight hundred cc. Yeah. For for those. Yeah. For those who fly with ten millimeter main shafts, the ten nineteen five is a really common bearing. So that's literally in my. And I'm sorry, the cutting right here. That's literally yeah. in my Align T Rex six hundred Nitro, a Goblin five hundred E seven SE Logo six hundred. That's in all of those models as the main shaft bearing. Yeah. Um, it was also used in, yeah, it was used in my synergies. I don't remember off the top of my head if it's used in my Diablo. I'm pretty sure it is, but, um, bearing prices don't change between manufacturers. Cause you can just go to, you could go to Boca, you could go to Amazon, you could go to your hobby shop and you can get bearings. Um, so bearings aren't included. Um, that leads me into how we ranked the helis. Uh, so I enjoy using Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets, um, a lot. Uh, the ranking is mathematical based on the kit cost and crash cost. Um, the, the, the lists are divided. So there's a nitro list and there's an electric list. So they're sorted separately to rank, you know, the nitro helis amongst themselves and the electric helis amongst themselves. Um, the most expensive for kit cost is given a rank of number one. The least expensive is given a rank of number 14 for electrics or number six for nitro. Um, those in between get a rank. Um, if they have an equal rank, uh, I did a total cost also as, as a way to compare them so that I could differentiate their their total kit cost um because a lot of you know it's it's interesting when you look at the range on costs for electric kits uh you go from 399 dollars all the way up to 1295 dollars 
but you'll notice um, there's a lot of kit sitting in the uh, nine. I would say about nine fifty to eight hundred dollar price range. There's there's a fair amount of kit sitting in that price range, um, and so yeah, sometimes a little bit of differentiation was needed. Um, so the next one is the crash parts cost. This one was really interesting just in, in how much of a range it covers, even though we're talking about 700 class helicopters. Uh, the lowest crash part cost was $114 all the way as the most expensive was $275. And again, this doesn't cover shipping. Um, <laughs> some of these models you got to get out of the country. Some of them are coming out of country. Uh, and, you know, surprisingly, I got in this conversation because some of my friends own some of these models, and you'd be surprised that uh, postage out of like Germany on smaller items, which is mostly what are in helicopters, can be like $13. However, when you get into something like a boom, booms are expensive to ship, <laughs> um, especially when you ship a boom and hey, not boom, just one. It's not a box of booms. <laughs> or a boom and all the other parts you need. Well, you can... Boom, you push can, rod, torque tube, anything else like that. Yeah. The the interesting thing is the cost will start getting... The, the, the cheap parts will start eating away at the expensive parts uh, postage cost. But yep. yeah, it's still there. Um, it was just interesting, the range of... Of a uh, crash part uh, cost, so yeah, 114 to 275. Um, but yeah, a lot of. But also, sorry to cut in again. But with shipping, uh, sometimes like for myself, I try to like with with certain hobby stores, they'll have like free shipping on 100 dollars or more. That's usually when I'll just make a bulk order. So yes, where shipping could be very uh, subjective. You know, it, 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 there's so many different ways. You if you just buy one part, yeah, your shipping is gonna be expensive. But if you buy multiple parts and get over that price value where you may get you know where you may be eligible for free shipping well that doesn't really work you know it's like that doesn't help out with this calculation that we came up with yeah uh, a certain a certain range of these models you're gonna be able to get a hold of it your you know your your favorite retailer um a few other of these models you get them from one <laughs> you get them from one the one and one uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it really just goes. To, it just talks about uh, you. Know, how does a company make money? Um, you know, some will. Some will. F- you know, I wouldn't say flood the market, but they'll make it very easy to get a hold of. Um, others, you know, they're hard to get a hold of in that you have to go to one person and you have to talk with them. And it's not that they make it hard. It's just you're not going to accidentally buy a Henslet. <laughs> it's like finding a. a- a a you know a, a regular penny on the side of the road versus finding the extremely rare 1916d mercury head dime on the side <laughs> of the road it's just not going to happen well we just learned something about shaggy yes we just did <laughs> yeah I do mild coin collecting <laughs> um so after after i determine total costs and all these and i give them a rank on their costs I take the ranking of the two costs. So, for example, um, for example, the Henslet TDF. It's 
kit cost is number two in the rank. And its crash part cost is also a number two. So that means its rank average is two. So I average out the rankings and I give them an average. Um, and then basically after that, I give them a rank uh, on that list of where they're at. A couple of these models actually share their spot with others in the ranking. And when you look at the total cost of the model, you can actually see that um, it may be it may be cheaper. Um, one model may be cheaper. It's it's interesting the total cost. The model could be cheaper or more expensive. I know like between one position on this on this uh, ranking and another, I see that one of them has um, what is it? It's about eleven dollars difference. Yeah, it's eleven dollars difference in price uh, on total cost between the two models, and they're right next to each other, but they're not shared in the rank. Um, Are you talking about the the Goblin Nitro and the Line Nitro? No, actually, the Synergy 696 and the Minier Aircraft 730. Oh, I'm seeing that now. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 different because um, the miniature aircraft has a very stark difference in its costs. It it is the Minier is eight hundred and fifteen dollars, which gives it a rank of nine. It is a cheaper kit. Yeah, its crash cost though you'll see is a number one it is the single most expensive helicopter in this yes. whole list of crash <laughs> um which gives it a which gives it a rank average of five which puts it fourth place on the list yeah yeah but its total cost is a thousand and ninety one dollars compared to the 696 total cost of being one thousand one hundred and two dollars mm-hmm um yeah about eleven dollar difference in price that and also also, it's kind of like what I've experienced with the you know, E7 uh, is so basically a synergy model. The kit's reasonable. The parts reasonable. are the parts are expensive, but when you crash, you don't really break that much. Yeah, I was going to try to say that. So I mean, it depends on how you crash. I'm going to say that with all these, it all depends on how you crash. Because I've crashed the E7 three times. The first crash being the most expensive, where I actually broke a blade grip. It, it it basically I stripped off the threads, so it's it's usable, but I'd have to tap out the threads on both blade grips. Didn't do it. But the sec my, the second and third crash were under seventy five dollars in parts. Now this is excluding blades because blades vary in price, but but the price of the crash uh, is is I I mean I still have the same main gear in that damn heli. Right, but we have because we haven't flown them or crashed them all. There's no way to compare. You know, every crash is different, right? right. So that's right. That's where Monty's coming up with this list of what parts generally go. Right, and they may not be the same on all models, right? Yep. Like, um, you know, we got main shaft. How many people have have had to replace main shafts on goblins? Oh. I mean, yeah, it happens, but that's a pretty survivable part. On most most people would agree with on a goblin. On a goblin, yes, but on a uh, on a, on a synergy, I I had to replace some main shaft every time I crashed it. But on on my right, goblin five hundred, no, I, <laughs> that thing exploded twice and it's still fine. Right, but that's my point. Yeah. These are just for comparison. Right, they are they are comparison. And, um, and so basically, overall, what we talk about about these models, we are not downing any of these helicopters at all. Any of these brands. We're not trying to find the weak links. We're not trying to find what is better 
and what is worse. We're just giving you guys details and of of what we've kind of figured out of doing this research. And and specifically in a lot of these models, like you'll hear you'll hear things about them, but it's very subjective about certain parts breaking. And and I can tell you, Shaggy and Apollo <laughs> and mm-hmm. friends I talked with kept trying to, well, you should include this part. It doesn't break in every model, and that is, is so subjective uh, of of that part actually breaks every time it hits the ground. It's you, you can't say that. And it's kind of um, why we excluded. I mean, we excluded a main gear. Yeah, we ex- yeah we did exclude a main gear. Not every one of these models blows a main gear up when it hits the ground. Uh, turn the model if you turn throttle off in time it does not strip just about any time you turn throttle off in time it's going to be fine you know with the with the comparison of the parts the parts are there as a comparison not what's necessarily definitely going to break correct these are you know they're parts that everybody agrees that are common to go in a crash yep and and it's 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 just where to start it doesn't mean that every time you crash you're going to bend a head axle or break a main you know bend a main shaft or break your landing gear correct um, it just means this is common and uh, it gives us a way just to compare. It's just to compare. It's just for comparison because most every one of us has bought a main shaft, bought a head axle, bought some landing gear, bought a boom, bought a torque tube. We've, we've, we've bought these things. Bought a belt. Yep. We bought them. Bought a vertical. Bought skids. Other figures we collected. So I'm planning on making making much of the spreadsheet public as part of the show. Other things we collected about these helis. Uh, the year the helicopter was released. Because um, it ranges... What's it range from? Well, we took E7 to C out, so that was one of the oldest. No, the E5 E5's is the oldest. The oldest. Um, it's 2012. The newest is a 2019. Um, aka <laughs> yeah, today, today. <laughs> um, rotor head radius that was something I collected up on a lot of these models um, the reason I took it it's the so rotor head radius is a measurement from the center of the head to a blade bolt uh, the reason this this I say this the reason I collect yes. this is um, this goes into disc loading estimates uh, your disc loading is directly mm. cl- uh, controlled by how big the radius is in your rotor head. Because if it has a has a small radius rotor head, and uh, people start saying, "Oh yeah, here's how I built it," and it, it goes out to be a light helicopter, it it may actually fly and feel like a heavier helicopter because of uh, um, the disc loading is a little higher because of the small radius in that disc. Or if you get a really big radius. And it also goes to be people are finding ways to build it light. You may find you have a a really light heli that also flies really light because its disc loading is so low. Um, the next one is a tail transmission ratio. Uh, the reason I say this matters is if you're looking to purposely build low or high head speed system, uh, helicopter, um, if you're going low head speed, perhaps you want more tail authority. You need to get that tail ratio increased so that your tail is giving you that authority that feels good for low head speed. Or if you know you're doing, um, you're going to run, you know, ridiculously high, and, and I'm biasing that a little bit, you're going to run a high RPM. You may need a lower tail ratio uh, on that transmission so that uh, your transmission has plenty of authority on that tail. It's just, it's not going to blow itself up going too fast. Uh, a lot of times, no matter the, a lot of times for 700 class helicopters, going over 10,000 RPMs is the area where 
vibrations will start to become noticeable in the form of a hum because at that point you've you've hit a frequency that, that those parts will start humming um you keep it below 10k you'll rarely notice that those parts you know they're at that out of balance you don't you don't have to go through and balance everything. You want to go over 10,000 RPM, you want to do it consistently, you probably need to get out a um, high point balancer and start balancing your stuff. Uh, next up, frame width. Uh, reason it matters. Size of motor and the batteries. Will it fit your batteries? Will it fit your motor? <laughs> um, you know, it's a helicopter not on this. It's a, hel it's a helicopter from Thunder Tiger, not on this list. Years ago, the Thunder Tiger E700, they purposely made the frame width the way it was to fit a smaller motor. Stop people from overpowering it accidentally. Um, hmm. You'd be surprised how a lot of these helicopters act when you don't overpower them. Um, so, and then for those who just, you know, there's no, there's no replacement for displacement. There you go. <laughs> Right now, on most of these helicopters, though, their frame width is not going to limit their motor size. So, E5 would be an exception. Um, you know, because the motor sits above the frame. The motor, so, the motor does sit above the frame on a lot of them. The fun part is when yeah. you start looking at the manual, you'll see that it's not that far away from a servo or an inner rotation bracket or something, something, something in the direction of the main shaft. That keeps it right. from getting too big. Or like in a lot of these models, the ESC and the motor sit really close together. So motor wires yeah. and the ESC get really close. And yep. And stuff that might may or may not limit it. But the frame size itself necessarily doesn't determine the size motor on most of these helicopters now. Uh, you're, you're correct. On all of them, it does. Um, max tail blade size. Uh, again, uh, lower high head speeds. Um, is a big reason why I collected that info. And then max main blade size. Uh, back to disc loading. And, uh, you know, you may have heard of some of the other podcasts recently. And I, I, I knew about that before. A couple years ago, we had, um, we as modelers were offered a, a handful of helicopters that could not swing over 700 millimeter blades. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Whoops! Mm -hmm. uh, some of those helicopters have disappeared. Uh, one of those helicopters is not on this list. Uh, the Logo 690SX that one maxes out at 700. Uh, the, although it's, I don't know, uh, would that be half sister? Uh, the Logo Glogo, the Glogo, it, it uses that rotor head. <laughs> Hmm. So it has that limitation of, of 700 millimeter blades. I... But see, the thing about, about about the 690, though, they mention it, 690. What you what do you expect when you buy a 690? Yeah. 690 blades. So when you, when, you, when you get a 700 airframe, you think, I can go at least 710s, 15s, maybe. Yeah, in, in the in the case of comparing, so the logo seven hundred is on the list, but the with the logo six ninety is not. Um, it came down to asking around to my friends who do fly uh, Mikado and saying, "Okay, which model is more likely to be purchased by a customer?" Logo seven hundred. <laughs> mm -hmm. The six ninety is a great model. Friend loves it. I've flown it, and it, it, it for my style of flying, it builds up really light. Mm -hmm. um, nice model, but. Uh, yeah, if you're going to go smack something around, 
the logo 700 is probably going to be your cup of tea. Um, yeah, and I, I went back and checked on the logo. They offer it with two different blades, uh, Rotortech 690s or VTX 697, because it's using the 690 rotor disc um, or rotor head, and that thing's limited to 700. Um, another one, one on this list limited to 700 is the Align 700. Uh, so is it the loading that's causing the limit? No, it's the boom. It's the length of the boom for the tail. Um, you're, we as modelers don't know it very often, but you're fighting, if you're fighting a, a moment of inertia. Um, and so if they gave you an obnoxiously long boom on a 700 that would allow you to fly 800 blades, you would have this, this huge moment arm that, that slows the helicopter down. If you're very familiar flying a 700, you get one that's got a really long boom. You'd be like, what is wrong with this? Something's not right. Um, it would be kind of like the other way to compare it is strap some 620s to your 700 helicopter. <laughs> it won't fly like your 600 helicopter because it's got this really long boom off the back. So yeah, you end up, the manufacturer gives you a boom of a certain length and with the main blades and the tail ratios, the way they are, you end up with, do I got enough that I can fit these big blades or am I about to touch them? Because right. I tell you, that is, I did it once with my 550 Align uh, fly bar years ago. It is, it sucks so much when your tails and your mains touch, but you don't crash. You land the helicopter and go, you, yeah, you hear, you hear a, a click. click. You land your helicopter and go, wow. I that just, just spent $150 and I didn't even smash the ground. <laughs> At that point, yeah. you might as well just drop the helicopter off the ground or dropped it off the table. It's the same yeah, damage. You do the same damage. <laughs> you do the same damage. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that I remember those days when I had my uh, DFC 600 and I ran 96 and 606. And once I started getting to 3D, I would click. I ran 603s and 95s, and that was fine. Then I got a little harder with 3D. I heard a click. You can't run. The model is designed not to run anything bigger than 600s. So I was like, are you freaking yeah. serious? It's kind of one of the reasons why I got rid of that and continued flying the 600 Nitro, because that's a non-DFC head, and I can run up the 625s on that thing. Yeah. I just, some models can do it, some models can't. So, let's get to the list. Yeah, so the lists. Uh, first up is the Nitros. And we're going to go from, you know, basically the most ex the most expensive uh, to the least expensive. And at the end of this, we're going to get into thoughts on each one of these models. But uh, that'll be in a bit. So... <clears throat> Here, uh, very number on the, the very first one up here on the list. It shares first place with another model, is the Glogo 690 SX VTX 697 combo. Um, retail costs thousand fifty dollars. Crash parts cost we totaled up to be two hundred five. Uh, total of um, one thousand two hundred fifty five dollars. Uh, it put it it put it on the list as first place cost on uh, kit and third place. On crash for an average of uh, being average on here for two. Um, put it at first place. Um, that shared it with the Whiplash Nitro V2. That kit sells for eight ninety nine. 
Um, however, it's a uh, crash parts cost is two hundred and fifty two dollars and eighty six cents is what we came to. Putting that one at one thousand one hundred fifty one dollars. Uh, its kit its kit cost was rank three, but its parts cost was rank one. That puts it also at an average of two, um, ranking it right alongside the Glogo. All right, so next on the list here we have uh, is the Align 700XN Dominator Nitro. Uh, the kit cost is $909.89, and the crash, car- crash cost parts uh, add up to $168. Uh, total cost between the kit and the crash kit is going to be $1,077.89. The kit cost ranks at number two, and the crash parts cost ranking is at five. Average ranking is 3.5. Which puts it at second place on our list. Yes. And then next is we have the Goblin Black Nitro Sport, uh, Sport Edition here. Uh, Kit cost is $7. 98 uh cr- crash kit cost is 211.50 and total that means the total cost is $1009.50 uh kit cost ranking is number 5 uh crash parts cost rank is number 2 uh rank average is 3.5 same with the yep, uh which puts it second place on our list All right so now on the synergy in 7 um, its its price cost or its kit cost was eight ninety nine. Crash parts one sixty seven. Total cost a thousand sixty six dollars. Uh, kit cost rank was fourth. Crash parts cost rank was sixth. Average rank five. With its overall rank of three. And right behind it is the Gowie NX seven with a with um, kit cost of six fifty nine, crash parts cost of one hundred ninety six fifty, the total cost eight fifty five fifty, uh, kit cost or I mean kit cost rank was six, crash parts cost rank was four, so it gave an average rank of five, also tying it for three in the rank. So it looks like all six of these helicopters. Um, rank with with a partner for first, second, third. <laughs> they do. And you know what's funny is I'm looking at these uh the last two models you just announced, the N seven and then of course the Gowie Annex seven. First of all, the Gowie is the only model that's under a thousand dollars as far as total cost. And the N seven is actually the cheapest Which crash is surprising for those of us that fly in sevens. That is extremely surprising. <laughs> It's extremely I would, surprising. I, I would not, not have guessed that. that, and I fly an N7. No. Yeah, ex- you know, I synergies are, you know, more of the more expensive, you know, models when it comes to parts. But, you know, you got the Black Nitro Sport that has, you know, it's a sport edition. It, you know, if someone was asked me which one's more expensive, I would say mm-hmm. the N7 for sure. But this clearly shows it is not as far as the parts. The... Not the interesting kit. thing is that Gowie is giving a crash kit of what they consider to be commonly broken in a crash with the NX7. <laughs> they do. They include, they include it with the, it kit. With the <laughs> kit. So basically, we're just including the same so parts. So with the Gowie, you're also getting a crash kit. Yes. 
They're giving you a crash kit. It's what they consider to be commonly commonly needed in a crash on theirs. All right, that's interesting because when you when that's in the list, I did not read it that way. I know, yeah, yeah, because we say Gowie um, NX Seven with crash kit. Yeah, they they sell it with a crash kit. Oh yeah, yeah, it's fifty nine dollars more to get because they have a basic kit for six hundred, and then the crash kit. So the crash kit, and this is based off of through Gowie what their crash kit includes. It is uh, the brace set, so the boom support rods, skid set, main shaft, uh, main rotor head spindle, tail boom, and torque tube. Mm. So we have a little bit more than what they're including in their crash kit, but this is included, which basically we have all this stuff plus a few other extra parts. Right, but that is cool that they include it. Yeah, and it's literally $59 more than the uh, just the airframe that they uh, include, which is $600. This is $659. Yeah. We figured that this would be better just to add this one here because it comes with way more parts, you know, way more value in parts uh, for that extra $60. That's awesome. Yep. Um, the interesting – so I just did some other math. The interesting thing is the kit cost average amongst these six nitros is – $870. Um, the crash part cost average amongst these six is $200. And the total cost crash parts and kit averages out to be $1,070. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see because as we'll get to later, the kit for the kit cost for a nitro average is lower than what I see in the electrics. Its crash part cost is higher than the electrics, but its total cost is is uh what fifteen dollars difference when it comes to airframes. <laughs> but overall, overall yep. they are very close. They are cheaper. Nitro is cheaper overall, but the you know like even the the, the crash parts they're very close within less than seven dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. The only downs, uh, the only thing that's really going to get you when it comes to nitro is that engine and pipe. But it all depends on what engine and pipe you're putting in, and also depends on what. Yeah, but the helicopter the always falls in. onto its left side. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, blame Scott Grant for that one. Um, I'm gonna run. So we're gonna get the electric list next. I'm gonna run through the first three. Uh, and then I'll trade it off to whoever wants to take the one after it. So, uh, on the electric list, the first two helicopters are tied for first place on the list. They had a rank average of two. Um, the first up on this list is the Diablo 700 Black Edition. It is the most expensive kit on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, $1,295 is what that kit costs. Its crash parts cost is $237.40 Damn. for a total of $1,532.40. Kit, co- or kit, kit cost rank, first. Crash part rank, third. <laughs> There's another helicopter in here with more expensive parts. Yeah, the whiplash. Yeah. Um. So it got a yeah. rank average of of two, which came out to an overall rank of 
uh, being uh, tied with uh, the next helicopter at first. The next helicopter. The Henselet TDF. Which would have surprised everyone. I, I think what... <laughs> I'm surprised it's number two. That that That's well, where I was surprised as well, Rich. That's where I was surprised as well. I, I If you had just walked up to me on the street and said, what's the most expensive helicopter the average guy is going to buy or could buy? And I would say it was the Henselet. I would have I would have answered something completely different, but I wouldn't have expected that the Black Edition is the one that beat it. Right. It, oh yeah, I would have said the the Diablo Speed. Well, yeah, I'm talking about these ones on our list. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we didn't even talk about yeah. Speed oh, yeah. at least, but um. Yeah. Because no, I'm not going off on yeah, that like one. Diablo Speed yeah. is like twice yeah. this cost, but. Yeah, again, that's yeah. not common. Um, Seven hundred TDF kit cost one thousand two hundred and twenty-five dollars and fifty-one cents. Crash parts two hundred and forty-two dollars and eighty-eight cents. Total one thousand four hundred and sixty-eight dollars and thirty-nine cents. It's and it's still not the expensive crash it's parts. Still not the, list. the the fun part is its kit cost rank was two. Its crash part rank was two for an average of two. To put it as uh, uh, tied for first place. Um, the next model, uh, I threw in here just for a little bit of differentiation. Uh, Minicopter does <laughs> sell a, yep. another Diablo, the Diablo 700, and they refer to it as the 2018 version. This is actually what I fly. Um, its cost is $1,175 for its kit cost. Um, its crash parts cost is $229.90. For a total of one thousand four hundred four dollars and ninety cents, um, its kit cost rank is three. Its crash part uh, ranking is four. Its average was three point five for putting it uh, number two on the list as most expensive. Are you <laughs> missing that uh, E five uh, stretch now? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't think so, but. You look at the numbers. It's um, like, you know, we'll get to the. I, I threw the E5 Super Stretch in here, uh, just for some comparison. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're looking at uh, that one. We'll get to it in a bit. One hundred eighty-eight dollars versus uh, basically two hundred thirty. Um, what ten? You're talking about like a thirty-five dollar difference. No, that's What's up not next bad. on the Kraken. All right. Yeah, so, sure. Go uh, ahead. You want to go next, Rich? All right. So next is the Kraken. Uh, first up, why the hell do they keep on naming their aircrafts off off of alcohol? <laughs> it can also be a mythical creature. Anyway, like uh, mythical creature. Yeah, but you got the fireball. And now you got the Kraken. What's what, what's next? The freaking um, <laughs> Sphinx. <laughs> anyway, so. You got the Goblin Kraken. Uh, kick cost is 1,096 bones. Uh, the crash parts cost is $224. Uh, total cost is 1,320. Uh, I like the fact that it doesn't have a weird, like, off number, uh, sense. It's like common straight dollars. Thank you, SAB. Uh, so you got the kick cost rank is going to be number four. Uh, crash parts cost ranking is number five. Uh, rank average is going to be 4.5, which uh, leads that off to be number three of the. Uh, That's a number most three in the overall after. ranking. Yep. Overall ranking, yes. So next on the list is going to be the miniature aircraft Whiplash 730E. 
Uh, the kit cost is eight fifteen eighty nine. Uh, we got the crash parts is going to be two seventy five eighty nine. Whew, dang. Uh, total cost is going to be one thousand ninety one seventy five. The uh, kit cost rank is number nine, so it's pretty good on the ranking as far as cr- uh, price. Uh, crash parts cost is going to be number one, most expensive, and then the rank average is five, which total rank. Average is going to be four. And last here for me is going to be the new Synergy uh, 696. The kit cost is $899. Total crash parts cost is $203.50. Uh, total cost would be $1,102.50. Uh, kit cost rank is number seven. Uh, so not too terrible there. And then you got the uh, crash parts cost ranking is going to be number seven. Uh, rank average is seven. Which puts that at number five overall. Now ranking. you've got the uh, Goblin Thunder Sport, the Drake Edition, uh, with a kit cost of eight eighteen. Your crash parts cost was uh, two sixteen fifty. Your total cost was one thousand thirty four dollars and fifty cents. That gives it a kit rank of kit, co- kit cost rank of eight, a crash parts cost rank of six. With an average or the rank average seven, and it tied for fifth um, in the overall ranking uh, with the Synergy six ninety six. I kind of see that honestly, as far as the cost between yeah, they're those really two compar- they're really close. Yeah, I, I can I can I can see that more than the you mm-hmm. know, nitro versions. Yeah, the logo cool. seven hundred comes next, and it's got a kit price of nine ninety nine. Uh, crash parts of $160, total cost of $1,159, that gives the kit cost rank of 5, the crash parts cost rank of 11, the rank average of 8, and the overall rank of 6th. That's The parts cost on this one surprised me. It's, it's yeah, lower than it I Yeah, it actually does. Yeah. Um, so is this next one. Yeah. The uh, next one on the list is the Align 700X Dominator. Um, its kit cost is $941.99. Its parts crash cost were $168. Total cost was $1,109.99, giving it a kit cost rank of 6, crash parts cost rank of 10, the rank average of an eight and its overall rank was sixth tied with the logo 700. You know, to be, uh, to be honest, I'm surprised the logo is cheaper than the uh, 700 X. Yeah. And I'm surprised they're yeah, so close yeah. overall. Yeah. They're tied. So the overall yeah. ranking is tied. That, that surprised me. I would, I would have over the top of my head just said, Oh, the logo is going to be more expensive, but it's, it's not. Yeah, and, the, and because the aligns are more affordable to get into, but clearly it shows that logo is right on the right on. Yeah, the, obviously on the they're page. not more expensive to get into. That's that's people think that, but it's obviously not true. Unless maybe you're going with the combo no. kits. The combo, yeah, no, yeah, their combo mm, kits yes. are really good deals. So, yeah, but if you're doing just the kit, it's obviously not the case. So next up on the list is the Gowie X7. Uh, kit cost uh, seven hundred forty nine dollars. Uh, crash part cost one hundred and seventy nine dollars and seventy five cents. 
Um, this is the first part of the list where total cost goes underneath a thousand. Uh, it comes at a total cost of nine twenty eight seventy five. Kit cost rank was ten. Crash part rank was nine. That's an average of nine point five, which gives it an overall rank in our list of seven. Uh, the next one on this list, uh, I mentioned a bit earlier, we put it on here for comparison sakes, was a Synergy E5 Super Stretch. Um, its kit cost is kits plus parts to make it a 700, and that was $671. Crash parts cost is 188 for a total cost of 859 Kit cost rank puts it at 13 Crash parts rank puts it at 8 for a rank average of 10.5, putting it overall on our list of 8. The next model is the Soxos Strike 7. Uh, its kit cost comes in at $6.99, crash parts at $131, and for a total of $8.30. Kit cost rank was 11, crash parts rank is 13 for a rank average of 12, putting it an overall rank of 9. Uh, something to note on this this model, I want to say it is the second cheapest on crash parts on this list. Uh, Rich, you want to take the next? Sure. Uh, we got the XL Power, Power Spectre 700. Um, its kit cost is $699. Its crash parts cost was $114. The total cost was $813. Gives it a kit cost rank of 12, a crash parts cost rank of 14, a rank average of 13, making it number 10 in the overall list. Um, that's, that's another one. The cost, the parts cost is really low on that helicopter. It's the cheapest on the list. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's really good. All right. And the last one in our 700 electric list is the KDS Agile A7. And this is by far the lowest kit cost um, of any of them, and it's $399. Yeah. The crash parts um, cost came in at $140.31, giving it a total cost of $539.31. Now, the kit cost rank was 14 The crash parts cost rank was 12 The rank average was 13 and that brings it in in a tie with the XL Power Spectre 700 at number 10. And, you know, I just can say that price is so low. Um, I mean, do you guys think that's going to be very low? Is that going to stay there? Or is this a, you know, hey, guys, look, yeah, KDS is back. We're over here. Look at us. Buy us. You can't afford not to. I bet it stays. I bet it stays there for a year. That's my bet, but that's speculation. <laughs> I tell you what, man, that's they're pretty beefy helicopters. Man. Yeah. Um, so one of the competitors that I've been, I met in 2014. He's been there every year, competing with a KDS. Um, mm-hmm. This is where I saw my first A7 at. Uh, this uh, Urcha, he got one of the early. He got he got an early kit here in the United States. Um, so that was the first time I seen one. I know there's, there's a local pilot here in the area of Virginia. He flies a KDS. Um, they're beefy models. They're beefy models. Um, I don't have enough experience with them to say much else. I don't see them smashed in the ground. I don't see people complaining about them. I, I, I really feel it's just a, 
They they haven't been noticed. They, no one's heard that their kit cost three hundred ninety nine dollars. Well, I tell you what, man. If you're looking for a bargain seven hundred that may or may not be here for a while, uh, that's where you might want to go. Yeah. Um, if you want to do a tail slide into a dumpster, <laughs> this is the model you do it with. What? <laughs> you hear that, Ed? This is the model you do it with. You don't. You Maybe I'd pick a couple that. of those up for the uh, sliding auto contest at Heli Extravaganza. <laughs> yes. No, I, I experience with the with with the Agile is uh, I don't have much, but I do know that they're beefy helicopters. They are very heavy for their size. Like I've seen a seven one of the you know one of the seven hundreds weigh in about fourteen pounds. Yeah, I think that's true of the old uh, one. But are you sure the A 7s there? Yeah. No, no, this is the older one. This is not the A7. So I think this that was the one of the things one. I had read about the um, A7 was it was going to be a little lighter. It is lighter. I do know that. I talked to uh, I talked to Brian uh, personally about it. It is a lot lighter, uh, but they are definitely beefy models. I have seen them crash. I don't really think it was that bad. The one because it was one of the team pods that I've seen. He crashed it every year. I, every time I see him, he crashes it, and it. Doesn't seem to be bad. He's still flying. The same I can model. say so. on the rotor head radius, it's ninety millimeters. The largest radius on this list, yes, is ninety one point five. Ninety one point five is the largest radius on this list. They're at ninety. Even if it's a heavy model, it's gonna fly. It's gonna fly pretty decently with that kind of radius on that rotor head. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a ninety. Oh, yeah. It's a ninety millimeter radius on the rotor head, and they list it as being able to swing seven thirteens. So you're going to get that one. You, you've got a good chance of making it feel light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was like everybody complained about the Protoss was so heavy, but it never flew heavy to me. Crap, I flew, you know. Yeah, it, it would a big head on it. It'd be interesting to throw some of the stats down about the model. Um, yeah. Sadly, it's not available. Any longer? I do wonder. Oh, that one, no. I do wonder yeah. if it's going to come back in some other form, though. Well, that's the rumor, but I yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah, well, we all know what happened <laughs> to the Chronos. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say anything bad. I'm just. I don't I mean, know what you're trying to say. To be trying, honest, it, it, they tried. Well, I'm saying it tried to be saved, oh. and it it just. Um, the last part on the electric kits here. The average kit cost across this group is eight hundred ninety-one or eight hundred ninety-two dollars. The crash parts cost average was a hundred and ninety-four dollars for a total cost average of one eighty one thousand and eighty-five dollars. Um, it's kind of interesting to see where the average is at, and then see what what is what's on the high side and what's on the low side, um, which. Runs me in. I think I'll run through a lot of this really quick as I wrote these notes. <laughs> um, we put together uh, thoughts on models about what makes them stick out in a market of this size. Because um, there's there's 20 models in this list. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of things that would make you choose a model other than just cost. Yes. There's, there's a lot of things that will make you choose a model. Okay, so uh, we'll put together a list of notes that of things that make these helicopters stick out amongst amongst a burgeoning amount of helicopters to choose from. Um, first up is the Henslet TDF. This helicopter probably has the most amount of items that are specific to it 
and can be found nowhere else to be to be chosen. First up, it has adjustable damping built into the rotor head. Um, if you look into it, it you can actually use a uh, I think an end of a driver and adjust the dampening in the rotor head without taking it apart. Um, another helicopter had that once upon a time, the Kronos, but it's no longer made. Uh, next up is it has a linear servo design. Uh, you've heard others talk about it. It has linear servo throw. Um, yep. It has a it's an cool. auto rotation hub is on the motor to save weight. It runs an aluminum main shaft, and it has a uh, peak plastic, which is uh, an engineered plastic stronger than Delrin. Uh, it has a peak plastic sleeve on the main shaft where the swash rides to stop any wear on the main shaft. Yeah, uh, huh. huh. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> so you just wear out that yep. plastic sleeve instead of the main shaft. Um. Hmm. Parts are not anodized on the Henslet, which means you can buff nice. out any blemishes. And it also ensures parts dimensions because there is no anodizing. Now, the, 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 dimension, the dimensions yeah, of your parts so are true. what he means for you to have because he made it that way. <laughs> so the machining is better than a conversation. They are true. That's yep. awesome. Uh, next up is the Diablo 700 Black Edition. What makes it stick out? It, uh, it uses uh, peak plastic gears. Um, it has a rigid rotor head option. <laughs> My favorite feature. Uh, another thing that makes uh, the Diablo stick out, it's built to order. Um, you basically go in there and select uh, specific things you want about the model, and that's the way it's built and sent to you. Uh, right, now, Mike, keep in mind, too, that can also for uh, – would – Affect that parts cost, not the parts cost number as much, but the kit cost num number. No. Well, yeah, because if you get the three bladed tail, it's more expensive than the two bladed tail. Oh, okay. Yes. You're right. You're right. Yeah. If, so, if, I mean, if you're ordering it as a kit, as part of the kit, you could add to the cost a little bit. Yes. The kit cost on the yep. Diablos is the base cost for the Diablo. Yes. Yes. Um, yep. What makes the 2018 version stick out? Uh, it's lower priced than the uh, Black Edition. With the same great quality, it shares actually a lot of parts. Um, it does. Also, the model weighs a little bit less. Uh, yeah, well, oh, really? there's shaft different sizes. The main shaft is 10 instead of 12, and the f uh, head axle is 8 instead of 10. Oh. Uh, the Diablo 2018 version is great for people who are not trying to break a model in the air. Uh, Goblin Kraken. Uh, innovative transmission. We that's the first we've seen of a transmission that type in, in the helicopters. Mm -hmm. uh, very modular design, straightforward construction, uh, comes in an easy build, and it's uh, one of the few kits with that comes with blades. You can't get it without. Uh, Glogo, lightweight. Uh, it holds the position of lightest weight nitro on the market right now. Um, also, it, it uses parts from uh, Synergy and the Logo 690, which uh, means you can possibly, if you want to, you can source your parts from other areas. Um, Logo 700. It uses a belt and a torque tube to drive the tail. That's, 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 that makes it different than the others. Um, also, it is the only other kit that comes with blades. Can't order it without. The Align 700X Dominator kit. Uh, lightweight and rigid frame design keeping the simplicity Align is known for. Um, 
the Align 700XN, different motor to main shaft drive than the others. Uh, Synergy 696, what makes it stand out in the market? It has everything pods are looking for from a reputable brand. Uh, you know, you get your 12-millimeter main shaft, 10-millimeter feathering spindle, beefy gears, a battery tray, one-piece transmission, uh, something that can swing 690s to 717s, and has transmission ratios that, that go the range. Um, that makes it stick out. N7, what makes it stick out? It's got an optimally placed fuel tank. Uh, it's one of the best placements on in the available market. It's uh, <laughs> almost, almost, uh, almost. It is almost centered under the main shaft. Almost, it's a little back from it. Uh, also, it was the lightest. It was the lightest till the logo came along, and it is reliable as a nitro machine. It is a reliable airframe. Um, you don't hear about people talking about how the airframe has stopped them from flying. Goblin Thundersport Seven Hundred Drake Edition. Great visibility, great parts. Uh, it's it's everything we've known Goblin to be. They offer a great a uh, great model. Galway X Seven. <laughs> you gotta be. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I thought I heard you say something. Uh, it is a known mm. commodity. You know, uh, as far as kits go on this list, the Galway X Seven is probably one of the oldest. Um, I, I do wonder what Gowie is planning to do. Uh, XL Power Spectre 700, cheapest crash replacement parts in the comparison. Also, uh, it's the only one I know of with a 15 millimeter main shaft. It's <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's big. Yeah, don't want my wife getting a hold of that. <laughs> She's going to beat you with it. <laughs> you, Duck. You crashed what? Go give me that main shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to be straight. <laughs> Gowie NX7. Ed is the cheapest option to fly a 700 Nitro. That thing, uh, it comes with crash parts. The, cra- the, the kit is low cost. The crash part cost on it is very reasonable. And... Um, it's a nitro helicopter, so go have some fun. Mm-hmm. The Saxos Strike 7, one-piece aluminum upper frame. I couldn't believe it. I, I looked through the manual. Hmm. I talked to some people. It is one piece of aluminum up t- upstairs. The whole thing? The whole thing. Yeah, side to side, oh. front to back. The upper frame is one piece. A giant oh. chunk of aluminum machined out. It's pretty yeah. insane. Should have. I wonder what that what piece costs. You, have that? Uh, you know, it is it, it is it is not, not in the terrible. frame cost on the Soxos. Uh, I can tell you that the lower carbon fiber frame uh, half is. Uh, my experience with models like this is usually the the lower frame breaks before the upper frame breaks. Right. Yep. Um. Yeah, and also uh, another unique feature that you don't really see. And I know you don't have it on this list here. Is the tail servo is how would you call that? It's not on a push. Yeah, line. Uh, the way it mounts to the servo is it is basically like uh, like you'd see a drive shaft or or torque tube. The it is right in line with the shaft uh, of the output shaft of your servo. Um, hmm. Synergy E5 Super Stretch. Why is it on this list? Because it could be flown as a 550, a 600, or a 700. That's pretty much the only model you can do that with. Um, 
KDS Agile A7. What makes it stick out is the cheapest kit in the comparison. Kills it. Uh, miniature aircraft whiplash. This is going to hold for both of them. But uh, Canopy is large and visible. Uh, I used to own a whiplash back in the day. Uh, canopy is huge and is visible. On the electric, um, it's one of the only that does a saddle pack mounting for the main flight batteries. Gowie does with the X7, but it's on a more expensive kit. Um, so this one does saddle pack. They're side by side instead of front to back, which affects mm. the uh, flip rate. Uh, with If you have a gyro that can tell you what the flip rate is and the roll rate separately, you'll find that they have a flip and roll rate that is much closer to one another compared to every other 700 here in this list, which are electric, which is front to back. And for those in the know, yeah, the flip rate's slower than the roll rate. A lot more, uh, a lot more stuff being moved when you flip than it is when you roll. Uh, also, miniature aircraft offers a lot of their parts in three packs, so you can save money. Uh, last one here: Goblin Black Nitro Sport. What makes it stand out? It's the only Nitro Goblin. <laughs> it is the only one. Uh, people love the goblins. You can share parts with others. So if you're already flying electric, here's the only nitro goblin. You go out there and add, uh, throw down with it. Um, I would say the other thing that makes Yet. it stick out is it's the uh, the Diablo Nitro didn't make the list, um, but there's two nitros with belted tails on the list or in, in existence right now that are. The nitro you can the black nitro you can get a hold of. The Diablo, you can put your name on the list for ordering. <laughs> They're gonna make more. I don't know. Holy crap. That's the whole list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to go to bed. Holy Night. crap. I can't believe there's so many seven hundreds. That was a long one. Um That's a long one. We should do another episode uh, with six hundred next year. There's only like four or five, isn't there? Next year. No, <laughs> next year. You know, I would say, you know, most of the time you stay in the field like, oh, how many 700s could you choose from? And most of us come up with six. We say there's only four or five. Mm-hmm. I will entertain this for a moment. Um, Diablo makes a 600. Henslet does not. Goblin makes a 600. Miniature Aircraft makes a 600. Synergy makes a 600. Goblin already said them. Mikado makes one. Align makes Align. one. Gowie, I think, is bringing one out. If they already already have one, they have. I know they have a five fifty. Yep, they are. You said Diablo, right? I They're already said Diablo. They got one. Okay. XL Power. I'm, I know XL Power is a five fifty. They have a five fifty that the stretch kit was six hundred. I think. I, I think. I think that is six to eight of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here here's another thing, Gowie is releasing a 600, but they technically already have 600, and that's the R5. It's a 580, but you can swing yeah. 600s. In the spirit of the list, in the spirit of the list of, of 3D helicopters, yeah, because I didn't even yes, include the ultralight slow fly helicopters that Germany's offering or you know, offering because they're five kilogram regulation. Oh my yeah. gosh. Close out. Close out. Uh, check out the other great Heli podcasts, Freefall RC podcast. Uh, new one to the list, The Helihead Show. Uh, you can find them on Podbean, the website or the app. And BKRC podcast. Not sure what uh, Bert and Kyle are doing. Um, other shows you can find on Rerun. 
<laughs> RC Heli Hooligans. Full pitch RC podcast. And if you really want to, and I love them, I listen to every episode, Ooh. I am uh, member number 13, the RC Heli Nation podcast. Yes. Oh, hell yes. Membership eight <laughs> something. <laughs> you were near the end. I was at yep. the very end, dude. I've been wanting. I was wanting to get the, mem- the you know the membership for, for years and never he did. Didn't, and then I was like, he didn't what? believe in giving him money. It. He didn't and believe in him. <laughs> oh, shut up, okay? That's eight fifteen. That's okay. I kept saying I was going to do it too, and I never did it. So oh. that's that's why I know you're uh, at the, you were at the end with an eight hundred number. Yeah, because uh, I think it was like 850, 850 range was the last, yeah. something like that. Because I saw someone that was like around the 850 range, and that was just yeah. after they yeah. stopped. So, um, Please comment on our show on iTunes or Podbeam. Help others find the show. Um, upcoming events we are attending. Fall Heli Mowdown, September 27th through the 29th in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Heli Extravaganza, October 9th through the 13th at Triple Tree Aerodrome in South Carolina. I can't remember the city. Come watch people do sliding autos and crash their <laughs> shit. I want to see one crashing through the lake. Uh, they, we, uh, Ray is bringing the skids for skiing, so yes. Uh, next event is the Wayne Miniature Aeronautics uh, event in Goldsboro, North Carolina, October 19th and 20th. And then the last event I have on here is the Triple Creek RC Fall Heli Classic in Riverview, Florida, October 26th and 27th. There's so another one RHCO announced their winter one, which is in November. Yep. November. Uh, do they have a name for that? Uh, fall Fall Pool Fest, I think. Uh, 8th through the 10th. 2019 yeah. Fall Pool Fest. Because uh, that's been their, that was their name they came up with, which is pretty cool. Yeah, 8, 9, 10 makes more sense. Yeah, because that'll be, that'll likely be Veterans Day weekend. I'll have a three-day weekend. Um, Yeah, so there you go. Oh, Five events yeah. left in the season for us that uh, one of us, one or two, or maybe all of us are attending. And uh, five events left there, and three of them are in the month of October. I'm going to have a busy <laughs> October. Yeah. Um, it's going to be fun, though. On our Facebook page, you can find a link to our 2019 heli calendar. Um, to, yeah, it's a, a Google Sheet where we uh, put all this info, how you can find out about these events and find out more. I know I just got a listener question today about what should he bring to the fall heli mowdown? So I, everything, I, everything. <laughs> I'm gonna write him back because God knows Shaggy's not gonna get this episode done in time for him to listen to it before he makes it to Bowdown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Now, what about uh, any any response from Oh my uh, goodness, Eagle Junior. Oh my goodness. <laughs> huh? Dude, this Are guy's you familiar insane. with? You, I am. Okay. On another podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've been talking to them for a while. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. I just don't think <laughs> I want to know. Okay. This guy's good. The topic of Gray Eagle. I'll have to do this because it has to make it in the recording. Do I need to put the Do I need to put the the mood music in? We'll have to find our own mood music. Yes. 
Uh, we did a different thing than, than, than others have. Uh, we've taken to answering Gray Eagle back in the best way, in the best great, in the best Gray Eagle speak we could come up with. Oh man! <laughs> the interesting thing is that Shaggy naturally uh, speaks speaks Gray Eagle best. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying he speaks in more than one tongue? <sighs> yes, I do think Gray Eagle speaks in more than one tongue. <laughs> Okay. Oh man. So have you guys do you guys have you guys have emails from him? He has contacted us through the comments on Podbean. Ah. Yes. So our first comment from Gray Eagle. If speaking <laughs> I say will read, they will. Question mark. Uh, to which we responded, it we will read. His response in my best uh, John Johnson voice, excellent. And also he put down there, keep RC Hellies alive. <laughs> Speaking of John Johnson, uh, Doug Darby linked a video to something he was doing the other day. People may not know John by name, but he is Pinion. Pinion. Oh, Pinion. Yes. Um, Twitch responded yes. in, comma, we are the Funfly Camper, period. The response we are awaiting, period, for you to ask. <laughs> Grey Eagle responded, Kind persons of responding, If I tell a tale of a little rotor that could, will your greatness be witness to the clock that will eternal for TikTok? <laughs> We responded, they read, we will do, if speak, you will. <laughs> this conversation ended uh, seven days ago. Speak of the language, sorts of whomever. Agreed, if understand, for management. That is where this conversation has ended at with Gray Eagle. Huh. I got to come up with something uh, else. <laughs> oh, dang it. Uh, do we? Do I owe him a response? Or is that a response? Man, Read it again. Speak of the language, sorts of whomever. Agreed, if understood, for management. Agreed for... We owe him a response. Dude, we shouldn't have to think this shit so hard, but I think you owe him a response. Yes. Yeah, we owe him a response. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Gray Eagle. I, I, I had to finish up college, and, and a lot of people got put on hold for a moment. <laughs> we will get uh, back. We will get back. Um, so that's the closeout. Uh, thank you, all listeners, and uh, I hope to see you on the field soon. See you later. Have a good one. Have a good one. See you later, everyone. Go smash. <laughs> Scott Graham's fault, by the way. <laughs> everyone blade Scott Graham. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as we enjoyed taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, 
can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search Telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field. Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy. Like like the picture that I put up about cookout misspelling Fredericksburg, he comments on that and then he goes silent again when I say we're recording. Get your ass on here. No no comment. <laughs> You're a lot more upset about it than I am. This is this is uh, DePaulo's um, modus operandi. He's getting replaced. We already found someone else. He's gone. <laughs> hey, Rich, what do you think about joining the show full time? <laughs> I think he's already part of it here already, which is awesome. Uh, he says more than two words throughout the whole show, which is great. Well, I'll try this time. Because, <laughs> you know, I really was. I was like listening to that going, damn, I didn't ask any questions. Shit. <laughs> All right, start the shoot. Okay. All right, fire and hole. Smack my lips around a little bit. Go for it. I'll smack them for you. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I actually no. I I I, I disregard that. <laughs> You're gonna smack him around a little bit, are you? Start. Okay, oh let's get this done. I just just plow. Get her done. You're taking too long. So they, they definitely do a really good job on on explaining everything to these scouts. Uh, and it's all it fits all the requirements for the merit badge. But uh yeah, it, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately there was some some <laughs> cat you know, there was a fatality with my little tiny trainer. <laughs> I uh with uh so with the some scouts that were like, you know, they were listening to the, you know, small corrections. <laughs> The hell, Larry? Just Screw sort of you, Monty. You know what? We're, can I just get rid of you? <laughs> well, anyway, I'm gonna finish this up real quick. I might cut this out. You know what? Just to say f you, but you know what? Uh, yeah the the kiss the cock kit the kit Costa Diablos is the base. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I I blurbed all over and then I went on path. Speaking of Scott Graham, he's the reason I got some specs for some of these helicopters. Yes. Oh, that's a whole another topic. <laughs> that's a whole other. He, he said, stuff. "Ask him anything." So I decided to start answering this topic. Oh, I saw that. I, started, I saw that. <laughs> started answering. Started asking him the questions. You you asked yeah, him I one. You asked him one question on one model. What was it? The logo or or the logo? I think. And then, then he gave you the answer for that model. And then you're like, okay, cool. Can you find out the answer for this, 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 and this? And you gave him like five other models. And he's like, dude, you know how many people I had to ask for that one model? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but he came up with it and he answered every single damn one. No, he didn't. Okay, never mind. No, he didn't. No, it's his fault. <sighs> okay, it's- fine. Sorry, Scott. I tried to redeem you. He 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 answered the heat of the moment and then he fell down when he started the race. <laughs> <laughs>